Let's all pray. Father God, we just thank you for the abundance that you give us every day, Lord. We thank you for caring for us. We thank you for giving us our health and our willingness to work and the opportunities to work. We thank you, Lord, for giving us so much, Lord, above and beyond. We thank you especially for giving us our Lord Jesus Christ and your Holy Spirit. So we offer these offerings uh, to you, Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I think I, most of you know uh, Dr. Dernis, William Dernis. Uh, he has been, um, I've just looked at his um, resume <laughs> and it's pages and pages and pages. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he has been uh, at Fuller for a long time. He has been uh, a provost at Fuller for a 10-year period. He has been uh, a theologian. Um, uh, he has been uh, on the... Um, Christianity Today uh, magazine, which is one of the great evangelical magazines that we uh, all read every month. Um, and uh, God has blessed him with uh, being able to speak into um, Christian art uh, as well as Christian music. And uh, we are so uh, blessed that he's here as a theologian and as a pastor to speak to us of what God has put in his heart. Dr. Dernis. Thank you. It's always a blessing to be back at uh, Agape with all of my friends here and to see you and to share with you in this service. And the, the passage I'm going to read together, uh, read to you, is from the book of Philippians, the letter of Paul to the Philippians. And uh, I don't know if we have it up there or, or not, but... Uh, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and noble, whatever is right whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to tell you a little secret about Paul's letters. This will save you a lot of tuition money at Fuller. You don't have to go to tuition. This is... This is a, a, a shortcut for you. Uh, you know, like in a lot of cultures, you've got to go to the end of the letter to find out what Paul is really concerned about. Now, if this was a letter written by an American, it would be like Paul would say, Hello, you Philippians, I have a concern for you, and this is what it is, right off the bat, right? We'd tell it like it is, right at the beginning. And then maybe we'd talk about other things afterwards. But Paul, in this culture, and there's a lot of cultures like this, and we're in Africa, friends come and visit us, and, and we're wondering why they're here, and they don't tell us, and then on their way out, while we're at the door, they'll say, by the way, we're wondering if you can help us with this. So this is the way you need to read Paul's letters. Read them backwards. Now, if you have your Bibles, I hope you do, if you look at the last chapter, which is what we've read from, chapter 4, Paul starts out by talking about saying this. I urge Yodia in verse 2, and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I also ask my loyal companion, help these women 
For they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together and the rest of the co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Ah, here's the problem. I like it that Paul doesn't tell us exactly what the problem is. We don't know. These were two of the women for who, who were the founders of the church. And often the churches met in the homes, and so the women were key, important in welcoming people into those spaces. And these two women were founders. They struggled with Paul to start out uh, this church in Philippi. Now, you know the church in Philippi. Remember from the book of Acts? Paul and Silas sing hymns, and then they're come in the middle of the night, and they're brought out of the... This meant a lot to Paul. This was a very important part of his ministry, and here there was a big problem. Now, before we say, you know, well, I'm glad our church doesn't have problems like this, I want to say that what Paul is talking about here is the normal life for all of us, isn't it, when we're honest? There's not a community I know, Christian or otherwise, who doesn't have or don't have from time to time these kinds of problems where people are at odds with each other. This is, this is the new normal. Paul says it shouldn't be like this. Something has to change. And so Paul says, I urge you to be of the same mind. Now, if you're alert in reading the book of Philippians, you know that Paul had used that expression in chapter 2, where he said, I want you to be of the same mind as Jesus Christ, who, although he was God, didn't exalt himself as God, but became a servant. Be of the same mind. Paul is very concerned about this because he says, I want you to help these women. And there are scholars that think this may be a reference to Luke because in the book of Acts, this is the we section, so Luke was with him. And so he might be saying, he's calling in the heavy hitters here. Luke, help these people be reconciled. But now Paul goes on to talk about how you solve this problem, how you deal with this problem. And this is what he says, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I want to say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And then he says, whatever is good and true and honest, and think about these things. So how is this rejoicing in the Lord, not worrying, focusing on good things, how does that solve the problem of Judean Synteke? Well, it does. Let me listen. listen to what Paul is saying here. First of all, the first thing he's saying is don't worry about anything, but trust your concerns to God. Now here, it's very clear that Paul is quoting almost literally Jesus, who in Matthew 6 said, don't worry about what you're wearing, what you should eat, what you should drink. 
because the Lord knows you need these things and the Lord will take care of you. In fact, the word for don't worry there is the same Greek word in, in, in Matthew as it is here. And it's an interesting word. It's a, it's a word that sounds like a murmuring. You all know what this is like. That concern that comes back to you that you just can't quite get out of your mind. You put it away and then, then it comes back. I don't know about you, but for me, it's, it's often at 2 o'clock in the morning. Right? Maybe you're different. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, we all play insomnia jeopardy. Right? <laughs> Why did I say that? What is this pain in my back that go, won't go away? That's probably something really serious. Where did that bill come from? What in the world? How will I pay that? It keep, these things keep coming back. And Paul says, and he uses a very interesting word here, don't take account of those things. Aha! Precisely those things that we're always taking account of, don't take account of. Well, how can I not take account of? Well, <clears throat> That we worry about these things is also normal. It's what it means to be human. It's what we are as human creatures. Fragile, needy, always making mistakes. That's who we are. But if we commit ourselves to God and trust, our, trust ourselves to God, Paul says, the peace of God will replace those concerns. So, don't let these things be concerns for you, but do something positive about it. Don't worry about these things, but what should we think about? What should we take into account? Now, that's the verses 8 and 9 that we read together. Let me read them again. Whatever is true... Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things and keep on doing them that, that you will allow the God of peace to be with you. All the things you have learned, and Paul goes into this long expression, the things you've learned, the things you've received, the things you have heard, the things you have seen, all that we've done together. Don't forget that. But put these into practice. Do these things. And you see what Paul is saying here is that our mind will be occupied one way or another. We will either be occupied with all the things that concern us, all the, the worries that we have, or they'll be concerned with other more constructive, positive things. Now, what's interesting about this list of virtues here is that this is a pagan list. This is not, there's nothing Christian about this. In fact, some of these words only appear here in the New Testament. This, this is not a list of Christian virtues, the, the fruits of the Spirit or anything like that. No. What Paul is saying, whatever is good and worthy, if there is anything worthy of praise, you 
focus on those things. You become those kind of people. You notice earlier he said, let your gentleness be known to all people. You are to become a certain kind of people. Now, how do you do that? Well, because you have the same mind as Jesus Christ. You become a different kind of people because of that same mind. So whatever is good, whatever worthy of praise, whether, whether there is anything worthy of praise or goodness, truth, you think about those things. But there's more. Paul goes on in the ninth verse to say, but don't just let your mind be occupied with these things. Put them into practice. Do them. Become that kind of people. Now apparently, in the early church, this is what drew the attention of the pagan world around them, is that these people became a different kind of people who were putting into practice goodness and justice and patience in a way that they didn't know anything about. They became a different, whole different set of people. And apparently this was one of the things, and one of the main reasons, that people were attracted to become part of the body of Christ. In 256, Cyprian, a famous bishop of North Africa in Carthage, right in the middle of the time Christians were being hauled off, put into prison, and often killed for their faith during a time of persecution, which actually at the end caused Cyprian's own death a few years later. In 256, he wrote this to his followers. Beloved brethren, we are philosophers, but not in words, but in deeds. We exhibit our wisdom not by our dress, but by truth. We know virtues by their practice, rather than boasting of them. We do not speak great things, but we live them. One of the problems we have as Christians, is that especially people who live by the words of Scripture, is that we tend to think of these things only as ideas. When God wants them to become our lives. You see, but Paul is reminding the the, the Christians in Philippi of is that you as followers of Jesus Christ are meant to live your life according to a different narrative. That's a narrative he's been describing through the whole book of, of Philippians. That narrative is defined for us by Jesus Christ who didn't consider his divinity as something he could cling to but became a servant of everyone. That's in chapter 2. In chapter 3, Paul, Paul says, and so I followed Jesus in that same way. Even though I was a Pharisee of the Pharisee and I was, I was a Jewish leader, I was a teacher, I considered all of those things as nothing, that I might be a follower of Jesus Christ. See, Paul's saying, I have that mind of Christ. And so he goes on in verse 17 of that chapter to say, become a follower of me as I have become a follower of Christ. That narrative is the only way in which our lives can be changed and be transformed, become other than what we are, and remove all of those things that are concerning of us 
with things that are worthy and good. All the things that are good in our culture, we can enjoy in the name of Christ. We can appreciate them. But not only that, our lives are meant to embody that goodness and, that, and those virtues. Rejoice, Paul says, by turning over your concerns to God. In our family, we have a practice that happens sometime around sunset often. And that is, if the clouds are right and the sun is going around, and maybe if the smog's a little bad or the mist is a little bad, the sunset is beautiful and we see it on our back. So we text each other and we say, sunset alert, <laughs> sunset alert. Now what that means is you drop everything and go to the balcony or the window or you go outside and you enjoy the beauty of now, we, we're, we're like Judeo and Sinti, okay? We're not, we're the normal family. We have our problems. But at that moment, they don't matter. At that moment, we're celebrating something bigger than ourselves, something more important than ourselves. That is the glory of God, the goodness of God, the love of God. So do you see what this means for, for Judea and Sinteke? Don't worry. Don't be preoccupied by all the things that are normally filling our minds and worrying us. Fill our minds with good things and celebrate God's goodness. These all come from God, after all. Celebrate God's goodness. Now the bread and the wine, we have before us today that we will take is a kind of cosmic sunset alert. What the Lord is saying to us today, sunset alert, drop everything, stand and enjoy the greatness of God, the glory of God, and all the goodness that he's given all around us. You can celebrate that too. But remember, it all comes from God. And it all is given to us so that we'll glorify God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you've called us together here in this place. And you have given us this great gift of the body and blood of Christ. That which brings us all together. That which allows us to celebrate, to be giving thanks to you for life, for our health, for our work, for our families, and for all the goodness in the world which comes from you. Thank you for that. And as we celebrate this, we pray that all that we worry about, all the divisions that divide us from each other, that these will all fall away, will fall into place in the light of your glory and grace. We pray this in the name and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.